When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. As promised, been looking forward to catching up with this guy. He does not even realize this. And I told him I'm, before I hit the record button, I'm not going to tell you until I hit the record button. You really kept me company during the first and second round of the NCAA tournament through the Westwood One coverage, through the TuneIn mobile app, while I was traversing the middle of the state of Florida, Tampa to Orlando and back for the first <laughs> round games there. Hello, Stephen Bardo of the Big Ten Network, Fox Sports. Flying Illini alumni, Final Four alumni, 1989. I always love that about you. Good to have you. Thank you for doing this with me. And I want to talk some March Madness with you because you kept me company. I'm, I'm hey, well, indebted let, to you. Well, I, I'm sure you heard Brandon Gordon's dulcet tones as well. And I had a great time uh, calling the games with him. So I'm glad we could do that for you. Yeah, you and he were in Birmingham doing a tremendous job with the eight teams that were Alabama and Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Maryland, Virginia, Houston, Northern Kentucky, and Auburn and Iowa. Um, so I want to get into so many different facets of working the games more so than the X's and O's and the outcomes, because this is a sports media podcast with working the games. So let's get into that right away. What is the challenge when you've been primarily working big 10 games and granted you were assigned where there were two big 10 teams, Maryland and Iowa, but you got six other teams that you're not really familiar with. And you've got four games that you've got to call with those six teams besides the two Big Ten teams. So the first thing is, what is the challenge like in preparation, getting ready for eight teams and four games like you and Brandon had to do? Well, you you, you hope that, you know, you get lucky like Brandon and I did to where you've got some teams that at least one that you're familiar with, and it really cuts down drastically the amount of research that you have to do, the amount of games that you have to watch. So that was, we were very fortunate to not only get, those, you know, Maryland and Iowa at that pod, but to also get Houston and Alabama, two number one seeds, because they get a lot of, of publicity television wise. It's easy to pick up their coverage. And so I've been watching those teams all year. So um, we were very fortunate in the draw that we got with the teams that were in Birmingham. Yeah, there's no doubt that the preparation is uh, is different. It's intense. You're learning different names, different numbers and on the roster. Uh, etc. So it's interesting because you also worked the Big Ten tournament just previously, but you worked it on TV. Illuminate for the audience, what is the difference in now I'm going into the radio mode where instead of being the primary talker and the analyst and showing people things, 
I'm trying to interject and get in on Brandon's play-by-play calls here and there. How does that dynamic work? How does that challenge work when it's different than what you were doing at the Big Ten tournament that you've done for so long? That's a great question. And I was very fortunate, TJ, that I I cut my teeth in radio. So my first professional job was calling men's basketball from the University of Illinois, my alma mater. And I learned the timing. And so my thing, and I would share this with anybody that's trying to get in the radio to call games, the play-by-play announcer on the radio, they have to paint the picture. So they need to talk 75% of the time. That's just a rule of thumb. Television is different. The analyst can talk maybe 55 to 45, 60, 40. You know, the analyst gets a chance to really expound on, on different things because you, it's it's a visual medium. You can see what's going on. The, the play-by-play commentator doesn't have to paint the picture like they do on radio. And so what I try to do, if there's a made basket, by the time the made the basket is made, my play-by-play uh, commentator stops talking, I pick up and try to get in and out by the time the ball is advanced past half court and before the first pass is made. So that can be tricky because some teams like to really get up the floor like Alabama. So when there's a made, made shot and they advance the ball really quickly, I lay out. I don't say anything, and I let my play-by-play person uh, partner come in and pick up the call again because you they've got to be able to nail what's happening, the picture, paint the picture, and I just come in with a little bit of color. So from the Big Ten Conference Tournament, I'm doing a lot more expounding, a lot, lot more talking, a lot more why this is happening. And then when radio comes, I have to cut back quite a bit and just give really strong nuggets of what I see, what I saw, what I anticipate coming. Great explanation on that. And you did a tremendous job. Again, I was in the car a bunch trying to get uh, to the games in Orlando and come back. I caught you guys on Maryland and West Virginia before the four games as I got there towards the end of the first game in Orlando. And then I caught you for the nightcap of Houston and Northern Kentucky on the drive home. You kept me company and gave me great insight. You gave me great insight because I joined you in the second half on why Northern Kentucky was hanging around, et cetera. Again, I'm throwing the bouquets out uh, for Stephen Bardo, but you guys deserve it. You and Brandon deserve it. Um, And then I was with you again for the Houston Auburn game after I had been in the arena for Duke being upset by Tennessee, if you can call that an upset, a four beating a five. I'm back on with you guys driving back. I was I was going, in fairness, I was going back and forth with your buddies, Jason Benetti and Robbie Hummel, because they were doing the Arkansas-Kansas game. But I was equally, equally with you guys as your game wore on, Houston and Auburn. So Westwood One's coverage and through TuneIn and the Westwood One app and the Varsity app, you, uh, you can hear all that coverage through Westwood One. You guys uh, did a great job. Uh, with that for sure. Now, the, one of the things that I joke, you you were very serious about this at, right after your pro playing career and going into broadcasting. And I remember a young Stephen Bardo with a young TJ Reeves doing the University of South Florida radio. I'm going to make you smile. I'm doing the radio. You're doing the Conference USA TV package in and around that yep. time. You would cozy up to me for a little intel on uh, Seth Greenberg, we see him all the time now on ESPN on game day. Seth Greenberg's USF team. She's like, tell me who's playing well. Tell me who's doing whatever else. We were helping each other out. And that's longer ago than you and I want to admit. 
I, I, think, I, I don't think you want to admit how long ago that was. We're not that old yet. That was long ago. But you took this seriously 20, 25 years ago, and here you still are. Just tell me about your mindset and how and how it has served you in lasting this long, Stephen. Well, TJ, I appreciate you uh, sharing your uh, thoughts and bringing the history lesson to our, our listeners. And um, I thought I wanted to be an electrical engineer in high school. And I took chemistry and I didn't, I was like, I can't do this. Me and chemistry didn't get along. So my dad, I'm asking him like, well, dad, I, I don't think I can go into electrical engineering. He said, well, you love sports and you like to run your mouth. And he walked out of the room. And so I just, <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? Like, I, I was like, man, he's really, is he getting at me? And that's like, oh, he's talking about broadcasting. So we, we were listening to Billy Packer, Irv Cross, uh, all these old school guys, uh, uh, um, Cosell. Mm -hmm. um, and so I watched sports all my life, and little did I know, I was listening to all those broadcasters, all those color analysts, play-by-play -play people, and I was picking up a lot of different things. And so when I went to college, I majored in broadcast journalism. And then I was fortunate enough to play 10 years of pro ball. In the summers, I would do internships with CL CLTV, Chicago Land TV here, and then I had a mentor that got me to CBS Sports Chicago, where later I became a sports reporter. But I, I digress. I really wanted to get into this business after an interview in college with Dick Vitale. It was a radio interview. The radio phone stayed open. Me and Lou Henson and Dick Vitale are on the line. And Dick says, Stephen, you did a good job. You know, what do you want to do when you finish playing basketball? And I said, Dick, I want your job. <laughs> Lou Henson and Dick Vitale were laughing. I wouldn't laugh. I was dead serious. And so my dad told me to write a letter to ESPN, thanking them for bringing me on the radio show and that I'm a broadcast journalism major and would love to look at opportunities once my career was over. I sent the letter off, TJ, didn't think anything of it. A month later, I get a letter on the outside. It says the president of ABC Sports. I didn't know ESPN was owned by ABC at the time. That president was Dennis Swanson. He used wow. to be a basketball manager wow. with the Univers University of Illinois way back in the day. And he's like a legend in, in sports media. And we we took a liking to each other. We developed a relationship. He opened doors for me that I could never have opened on my own. And I was very fortunate to have the intention early to be a serious color analyst and to go through the, the necessary process. And while doing that, also make the right connections that have benefited me to this day. Love the insight of Stephen Bardo with me for a few more minutes. He's on the Last Word on Sports Media podcast. Again, Stephen just worked the Westwood One opening two rounds of the NCAA tournament with Brandon Gauden. You also see him all the time on the Big Ten Network as we release the podcast. You'll see him on Thursday and on Saturday in and around Michigan State's involvement. Uh, remaining one Big Ten team remaining. Sorry, Stephen, one Big Ten team remaining in the NCAA tournament, and that is Sparty uh, for this weekend. So Stephen will be on the Big Ten Network. You see him there. You see him on Fox Sports' coverage as well of the Big Ten. Uh, I love his insight. All right, so take me back to last Saturday because you're in Birmingham. This is partially by design. The NCAA put Alabama there because they're a number one seed. They're the number one overall seed. But Auburn is also there by virtue of their win over Iowa, and Auburn is playing Houston. So we had Alabama and Auburn both in that building. What was the building like? How cool was it? You're around a lot of big-time atmospheres. I get that. 
but not all not all of them are equal. What was it like in the Birmingham building for the Tide and for Auburn to be involved in those two games? And let's not forget, Houston put it on Auburn in the second half. But what was the atmosphere like? Take us inside that real quick, if you would. Well, it was, it was really interesting, TJ, because as you know, covering a bunch of NCAA tournament sites, the first and second round generally uh, are not going to be filled to capacity. The, the Legacy Arena was filled both days to capacity. And it was fascinating because you saw this wave of orange and blue. You saw these Auburn fans. And then you'd see this Crimson Tide, the, the <laughs> Alabama fans. And they would not cheer against one another. That was, a, that was an interesting thing. I thought one of the keys for Maryland against Alabama was to get into the second half of that game and have a lead. Because then you would expect the, the remaining Auburn fans to cheer for Maryland. It didn't happen. You didn't, you didn't see whoever Alabama was going against. The remaining Auburn fans did not cheer against Alabama. And we kept hearing this hatred. No love loss between those two schools. And so it was fascinating that we didn't pick up on any of that. But the building was full both days. It was wonderful because it's rare when you have that type of energy in a first and second round matchup. But it was fascinating. I, I, I could not believe the electricity that was in the air when Auburn was up 10 on Houston at halftime, the place was going berserk because they, they thought, okay, we, we just saw Arkansas beat Kansas. That's the second number one goes down. Maybe we got another third. We got a third possibly go down. Houston Cougars cut the, cut their water off, man. (laughs) It was a fantastic second half display, but it was a great, great atmosphere the whole weekend in Birmingham. We'll continue with the conversation, but first, something from our friends at Ticket Smarter. We've still got a Ticket Smarter offer out there right now for the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8. If you're looking to go to these games, take advantage of the Ticket Smarter offer with our promo code HOOPS23 and take $10 off your order. You're going to get the most competitive prices on the secondary market. Your purchase is 100% guaranteed and safe through Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. And again, We've got a great offer for you. Take an additional 10 bucks off your order with Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. Whether you're going to Madison Square Garden, the Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky, T-Mobile Center in Kansas City, or the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Ticket Smarter is the place that you want to go on the secondary market for the most competitive prices. Our promo code is HOOPS23 to give you a $10 discount off your order as many times as you want to use it. Think smarter, think Ticket Smarter with the Ticket Smarter mobile app. And our promo code is HOOPS23. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc uh again this man has great insight he played in the final four for illinois 
1989 Final Four, 10-year NBA career. Find him at Bardo's Breakdown, by the way, on social media as well, on Facebook. I love that. I love his insight. And again, he takes this uh, very seriously uh, with, with uh, broadcasting all the different games, uh, doing all the charts, all the insight. Uh, I've often said this. I'd love your feeling on this. It is the next best thing to playing, is it not, to be around this and to be courtside or rinkside in hockey or in the press box NFL uh, or Major League Baseball or, or uh, you know, any, any form of baseball to be broadcasting it. I mean, the next best thing probably to playing is you get to soak in the atmosphere like you're talking about and you feel like you're part of the game broadcasting the game. That's me saying that. What do you say? I totally agree because the coaching side of it is a tremendous grind and it's very difficult to sit back and enjoy certain moments because the, the, the nature of coaching is just on to the next, on to the next. Whereas as you're talking about broadcasters, we take in the scene. I'm still able to talk to all the coaches and players and the, I'm, I'm calling guys that I played against. I'm calling their sons. So I get to meet their, you know, their other siblings. <laughs> um, I get to hang out with Fran McCaffrey and Margaret, his wife, and his two children outside of the basketball players, the, the youngest children, his daughter and his son. His, his name escapes me, but it's the first time I got a chance to spend time with them and talk to them, it's great. Uh, I'm with you know Grant Hill, Bill Raftery. We're on the television side, and we were doing a lot of the same things, so I got a chance to reconnect. I played with Grant Hill for – a few coffee breaks uh, with the Dallas uh, Detroit Pistons back in the day. So we were changing, you know, exchanging stories. And so I think you're exactly right when you're a former player and you can be a broadcaster as opposed to a coach because the coach again is just, that's a very, that's a tough business. That's a grind. That's you're when you win, you're relieved when you lose, you're devastated. And as a broadcaster, you can come into the game, even when the university of Illinois is playing, I have the ability to separate my emotion from how I want the team to do to being able to have integrity of the broadcast and bring the viewers the best possible viewing experience. And I can tell you, you mentioned his name. I love Dickie V. He lives here in the area where I am in the Tampa Bay area down south in Sarasota. And he is one of the first ones to bring that up. I'll even do a quick Dickie V impersonation. I never knew and understood how great it was to be a broadcaster. You never lose, baby. You never get the Ziggy. You never get <laughs> fired. Right. And his and his wife would talk about that. Lorraine would talk about what a night and day thing that Dick would go do these games. And he's never in a bad mood. He's never upset. He doesn't have uh, anger, stress, whatever. He's doing the game. So you're exactly right. Uh, it, it is it, it is a a fun way to stay part and stay close to it. All right. I would not be doing my job if I if I didn't get this out of you before you're gone. Michigan State still alive with Tom Izzo. They're in the matchup with Kansas State. They're in the games at Madison Square Garden with the upstart Florida Atlantic team. Not my Memphis Tigers. Do not ridicule me. Uh, taking on Tennessee in the other part of the bracket. What kind of shot does Izzo have to be back in the Final Four? You've watched them throughout the Big Ten season. They've won a couple of games in the tournament. How good a shot do you give them? I think they have as good a shot as anyone right now. Um, when you think about, I think Duke was a favorite in that in that region because they were playing so well. They were 16-1 and when all of their players were healthy. Unfortunately, when they went against Tennessee, I can't remember the wing player's name. He was not able to play. That affected their ability to, to match the physicality of Tennessee. Um, I'm not a Rick Barnes fan. I like him as a person. I don't think much of him as a coach. 
And so I would not be surprised to see FAU uh, beat Tennessee in that Sweet 16 matchup. Kansas State is a different animal, though. And uh, Tyson Walker is, is a really crafty offensive player. But Noel, the point guard from Kansas State, he's a he's a handful. And so uh, Keontae uh, Johnson, I believe is his name. Yes, yes. Is a stud. And I'm not sure that Michigan State has anyone to necessarily match up with him per se. But I think the size up front for Michigan State can really bother Kansas State. So to me, the hardest game for Michigan State is going to be the Sweet 16 game. Because if they can get past Kansas State, I like the chance against Tennessee or Florida Atlantic. So this is a fantastic opportunity for Tom Izzo and Michigan State to get to the Final Four. It's incredible because every two or three years, he's there. The last time was 2019 when they got there um, with the breakdown. And again, I saw the Tennessee team at courtside. They shot it as well as they've shot it in a couple of months, beating Duke, including making three-pointers. Can they replicate that in New York against Florida Atlantic and in an Elite Eight game if it comes down to it? We'll find out there. And then just one more real quick. You saw Alabama. You saw Houston. The the one in front of their name indicates they're supposed to be a Final Four team. Uh, Houston, what a story it would be if they are there uh, in Houston at the Final Four. But you saw both of those teams. You are confirming Final Four worthy. Don't know if they're going to get there, but they look legit from what you saw courtside. I'd be shocked if, if both of them aren't in Houston. Alabama's the best team in the country. Uh, they have an embarrassment of riches in terms of Brandon Miller, to me, is probably the best player in the country. Out Zach Eady is the best statistical, statistically. Mm-hmm. But as a player, I think Brandon Miller is the best player in the country. And when you have a team, TJ, in the first round of an NCAA tournament game where your best player does not score <laughs> and your team scores 96 points, 15 threes made, that's an incredible effort that I don't know that a lot of people around the country were talking about because they expected Alabama to win that game. But the nature of which they went about it, Nick Pringle comes off the bench. He didn't play the last month and had a double-double. They've got – they can go 11 deep. They've got five pros on that team. Uh, Javon Quinterly is probably one of the best point guards in the country. So Alabama, I would be surprised if they didn't win a national championship. Houston – um, with foul trouble and injury concerns with their starting backcourt, Tremont Mark had a had a um, career high twenty seven against Auburn in a in a kind of a very, very difficult situation and, and hostile environment. Houston cut their water off. Jarris Howard, uh, Jawan Roberts, Houston is for real, and I would be surprised if both of those teams, Alabama and Houston don't find themselves in Houston in the final four might have a Houston against Texas in a regional final to go to Houston in the final four, get your cowboy hat, your spurs, your big belt buckle, and be ready for that one. If that's the case for this weekend, I love this man's insight again, catch him later this week on the big 10 network, Stephen Bardo with the coverage of the big 10 network. I loved it again, getting to hear you. Uh, with Brandon Gordon and all the guys on the Westwood One coverage of all the different uh, sites. You guys were in Birmingham with you and Brandon uh, for those uh, those games at that uh, site and that pod. Great stuff. Thank you for letting me bother you. Happy March Madness. Uh, and, and I always love getting the chance to catch up with you. If I can ever help you, I will do that. Thank you for sharing with me because there are a lot of people fascinated in the sports media part of this. And you've been doing this now for some 20-plus years, so you're ingrained right in it. 
Thank you, Stephen Bardo. This was a treat. CJ, I appreciate it, man. Anytime, let me know. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.